You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good, man. I would say, I mean, we all spring and summer are like countdown to football, and and, and unfortunately, we're still what uh, nineteen days away from Alabama. But uh, as we record this, uh, Navy versus BYU is just in three hours or two hours or so, and uh, I'm 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 excited to see the Naval Academy and the Brigham Brigham Young fighting uh, Jim McMahon's. Yeah, I, I'm going to watch it. Uh, I'm going to tell you, it's uh, we saw some sloppy football this past weekend with some of the college games. Um, and, you know, of course, your South Alabama uh, Jaguars get a big win at Southern Miss, which has led to that coach either being fired, asked to leave, resigning, whatever. Um, he's already out. We've already had our first coaching casualty. Crazy. That's I mean, just it, mind. It's not mind by – as a matter of fact, I'm surprised Jay Hobson's still there. But <laughs> – but I mean, come on, game one in the pandemic year, and you're like, I've seen enough. But gosh, well, it sounded like he kind of opted out. I mean, which yeah, you know, I I kind of get it. I mean, he he can be sort of like, hey, I I just need to quit, and I can take whatever little buyout money they give me and enjoy the Mississippi Gulf until the first of the year or something. You know, <laughs> I can I don't need to put up with this shit. Um, that's probably man, they need a good hire over there. You know what they're doing, and that, that may, may, you know, I say this all the time. People disagree with me. I say this consistently. Too many coaches are fired. There's not enough patience. Too many coaches are fired, and it just creates this never-ending cycle because you're going to fire the next guy too. And 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 I think Southern Miss, karma-wise, for lack of a better term, is paying for a few decades because they fired Jeff uh, Jeff Bauer when they never should have. He's He's, he's the Bear Bryant of Southern Miss football, and they fired him. And uh, they haven't been good since. No, that's true. Um, I, I guess he was fired. I'm seeing now that he was fired. At first, it was just nobody knows why he's not there. But uh, apparently, he was fired. Um, so, Jimmy, you were on an anniversary trip this past weekend. I had to do a podcast by myself, which was um, – it was grueling. I, if anybody out there is doing podcasts by themselves, more power to you. You are a badass in my book. Um, that's a tough thing to do to not bounce ideas off of anybody else, just bounce ideas off your own head. And that can be rather confusing for everybody. But um, anyway, uh, I hope your anniversary trip was good. And I hope you've got some uh, Alabama tidbits and nuggets and other various assorted uh, charcuterie you can share with us. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I didn't, ha- I didn't have eyeballs at the scrimmage. Uh, I've heard things. I've heard things, and you know, no, here's what I want to. Here's uh, this is this will be bold, especially for me, especially those who've listened for a long time and know that I'm sort of slow or, or, or I have a lot of trepidation about hopping on board with freshmen. But I'm I'm done with that for this kid because I, I'm just I'm just so, I'm, I'm already sold. I can't be convinced otherwise at this point, but Will Anderson is going to be a star football player. And when I say Will Anderson's going to be a star football player, I'm not talking about as he gets older and gains experience. I'm saying this Missouri, when the game is over, is going to go, wow, 
Number 31 is good. That kid is going to be a thing. I'm telling you, Missouri's going to going to say that. And the last time I remember me saying something like that, when I was just utterly convinced before I ever saw him playing a game for Alabama that the kid was going to be good, was Waddle two years ago. And I remember on the podcast then and on the radio then, not just the podcast crowd we speak to, Luke, but uh, also a radio show I was on two years ago. I said before Louisville, before the season opener, I'm like, you will not have to wait long for Waddle to make a big play. He'll make a big play in the first game. He's one of the best players on the team. He's going to show it in game one. He's just one of the best players on the team. I'm saying that about Will. I'm not saying he's the best player on the team, or I'm not even going to say he's one of the best players on the team. I'm just going to say that he's going to play. He's probably going to play in the first quarter, and I'm not going to predict a sack or two sacks or, or a big play. I'm just going to say it's going to be obvious to wise football observers that Will Anderson is a heck of a football player right now, not in the future. He just showed up this good. And I think another guy who has apparently shown up like that is uh, Brian Branch, who yeah. is apparently going to be penciled in as a starter now. Um, I may even be inked in. And it seems like he has supplanted Jalen Armour Davis is what I'm hearing um, yep. from that starting role. And since Jalen Armour Davis is down around your way, or at least from there, what what are you hearing? Yeah, I believe Brian Branch is going to uh, be the uh, the starter game one. That that that's what it appears, or, or they just you know made him the starter in these scrimmages to kind of throw him into the deep end and make sure he swims or, or see if he sinks. And apparently hasn't. Now here's something a little different. I'll say about Branch as opposed to Will Anderson. Brian Branch, if, if you're starting at Alabama game one as a defensive back, especially, you're a heck of a football player. Your future is as bright as it gets, and there's going to be a lot of comparisons, I think, to Minka Fitzpatrick with Brian Branch. I think that's sort of coming, and uh, and he'll and, and those comparisons will hold up. But I think put it this way, I think Brian Branch winning a starting spot kind of proves he's a freak. Drew Sanders is also a freak. He'll play early and be a really good player at Alabama as a true freshman. I'm saying Will Anderson is in another sphere than those guys. Uh, Will is going to be Waddle, Julio, uh, potential number one overall pick. Uh, uh, I mean, I mean, in terms of like this is a top ten draft choice guy who fell out of the sky this good. Uh, not just normal good. You know, Drew Sanders and Brown Branch are like normal good. They're like. Wow, they're playing as true freshmen at Alabama. That's impressive. No, Will Anderson will be like one of Alabama's best players. So, Brian Branch. Is, is, now, one thing that's a little unusual here to me is there was an opportunity at safety all along because Alabama starts three safeties and only one was returning with any experience in Jordan Battle. He was going from safety number three to safety number one. And 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 he he's had a good fall, by the way. I mean, Jordan Jordan Battle's gonna be a heck of a player, and he's good. But Alabama needed two safeties. I thought Brian Branch had a decent shot based on recruiting buzz and his tape. I thought, wow, you know, Brian Branch has a good outside shot to be maybe that third safety, and maybe we'd see him in dime. What's been surprising is no, not not at safety. It's actually a man by all the time. Don't get married to the idea that a star has to be a corner. 
We have played safeties at star. As a matter of fact, probably our best star was Minka Fitzpatrick, and he played all over the place. And I think that's why Brian Branch will get those Minka comparisons. But uh, so it's a little surprising that Brian Branch isn't the sixth guy. He's the fifth guy. He's expected Will Anderson and Drew Sanders to be good and kind of be like, hey, maybe they can be our third down guys by midseason, late in the season. If we're not getting a good enough pass rush from the veterans, maybe by late in the season. No, they're both better than that. Will Anderson and Drew Sanders will be rushing the passer with the first team in the first game. Um, I think that's all very good. Speaking of things that are good, Built Bar. Built Bar is really, really good. Go check them out at BuiltBar.com. Absolutely delicious. All these new flavors, six new flavors, as a matter of fact, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, which I highly recommend, apple almond crisp to go along with their 12 original flavors like raspberry and German chocolate and peanut butter, etc. Um, it's just absolutely delicious. You can go check them out, builtbar.com. They're super healthy for you, great for the health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, they're low-sugar, they're high-protein, high-fiber, incredible taste, great for keto diet. Um, 19 grams of protein. I mean, I think that's more than a 64-ounce T-bone, but I'm not sure. So don't quote me on that. Um, and I know that it's not. But I think that's still a lot of protein for a, a small bar that's not going to make you weigh 600 pounds like several T-bones would. It's only got 180 calories. Um, it's just – they're just awesome. Go check them out, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. And when you use the promo code Locked On all one word, you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code locked on at builtbar.com. All right, Jimmy. Um, one thing that came out uh, that I thought was pretty cool was the, uh, it looks like the, the, the depth chart for um, what this, what this year will look like uh, for Alabama. As uh, we're getting so much closer, this you know this is going to be a thing now. Is the depth chart? Of course, Mac Jones is listed as a quarterback, and Bryce Young, and then Paul Tyson. Um, just talking quickly about the quarterbacks, there's not a lot to say there just yet. Um, I know Mac Jones; they weren't necessarily fired up about his performance in the first scrimmage, but apparently in this second scrimmage, um, he did very well, and um, I think that uh, he he proved himself a little bit more. And Bryce Young actually had a couple of interceptions, one being a pick six in this past scrimmage, so that probably knocked him down a peg. But that's again, that's to be expected. And Bryce Young was out for a little bit with what we assume was COVID. Uh, I don't think there's anybody's going to confirm or deny that, but I mean, that's what we can all surmise. Um, running back wise, it's Najee Harris. And then probably the forgotten man on the team in Brian Robinson Jr. Who's changed to number four. Um, I'm, I'm telling you when people see number four in the backfield this year, they're going to be like, who the hell is that guy? And then they're going to say, oh, Robin, oh, okay, he changed numbers. I think a lot of people are going to forget that. And then they're going to see him run. They're going to go, oh, my God, how did we not know him before this? It sounds like he is rejuvenated. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. And, and uh, you know, you got to credit the kid. Also credit Baloo and, and, and uh, Rhea. I, I think they, they really uh, helped uh, Brian. His body is unbelievable. I think he is 
this is his contract year. We love to say that about juniors, you know, that they could potentially go pro after, after their junior year, but it's true of the seniors too. I mean, this is their NFL audition. Uh, Brian also realizes he may get fewer uh, looks because he has, has to share a backfield with Najee and Trey who are going to play. So uh, I, I agree. I think we're going to see a big senior year out of Brian, who's always been good. When I watched the replays of last year's games, I, that's one of the things that stood out to me is that I think we're a little too tough on, on Brian. I think he had some bad luck in some of his carries. Uh, also, I think what happens when you're more of a true backup, and that's how they played Brian last year. It's really in the past we've done a committee, 1A, 1B, and 1C, but really we had a number one back, and, and Brian was a, was a distant number two back. I think to some extent he was playing – he got a lot of his carries when Alabama had a big lead and, uh, and Alabama was so explosive offensively. There was, there was a lot of big chunk plays in the pass game. And I just think maybe, maybe the offense wasn't firing on all cylinders when he was in. And, and I don't think he had uh, quality, you know, blocks in front of him every time. I also think that we overlooked some of his good runs and sometimes he made four yards and you're like, you know, hey, Brian, we need a little more than four yards. But those four yards were like, wow, how did he get four yards? He should have gotten one or none. Uh, I'm just I'm just saying this. What I'm about to say is surprising, but it's a fact. The the NFL guys who watched Brian Robinson last year were pretty impressed with him. And uh, he's a guy we're going to see in the Senior Bowl because the NFL likes him. And while a lot of Alabama fans last year were like, what's wrong with Brian? The NFL was going, uh, we, we, we want a closer look at this guy. He's good. So – I, I think we probably were a little hard on him, expected too much. This year I'm expecting even more, and I don't think he's going to disappoint because I think, man, I, I would even go so far as to say if he was our starting back, we'd be in good shape. I mean, I, I think he's more than capable of being the number one back at Alabama now, and uh, and he'd be good, but but we don't need him in that role. We have more of a proven player uh, in that role, so – Najee will be number one and he'll get the most carries, but I think Brian will be number two and he'll get the second most carries even more than Trey, who is going to be a star football player. Yeah, I think that that's true. And I think that's going to surprise a lot of people that Trey didn't get as many carries as Brian, at least at the beginning of the season. Um, then wide receiver wise, wise it's going to be uh, John Mitchie, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. No shocks there at all. Um, I guess Javon Baker being a, a second-string guy may surprise a few. It probably surprises them more or less that he's the number two guy and that he's the first freshman receiver listed yeah. over uh, Jones, Bell, and Holden, though. I think that's the bigger surprise. Is they, a lot of people probably thought, okay, a freshman may be the number four receiver. That's no problem. It's the fact that he's over the other two receivers right. that I think is going to be the shocker. I think, yeah, I think if we said that in April, no one would have believed us. But, but right. Javon had such a big summer uh, and was such a standout in seven-on-seven seven work. And when they were at our off-season field over there at the band field, I think Javon was a star on the band field. And uh, – uh, he just carried it right on over into fall camp. And I, I'm not going to be surprised at all if among wide receivers, he has the fourth most catches uh, this upcoming season behind Mechie, but maybe ahead of Slade Bolden, who is going to play uh, a role with the first team. This is the way I look at the first team. I know as fans, we all get into who's starting. You know, who's the starters? You know, give me the 11 guys that are going to start. 
But really what I look at, I, I look at it totally differently. I look at this, who's on the first team? And by first team, what I mean is who plays in the game with the first team guys when it matters, when the game, when it's 10 to seven in the first quarter, who's playing in the games? Those are your first team players. And there's more than 11. There has to be because guys need breaks. You can't just play with 11 guys. So you need more. And Slade Bolden is a guy, Luke, that's he's going to play with the first team. He might not be out there the first snap. And somebody might say, you can't call him a starter. That's fine. But Slade Bolden's the first team player. I think Javon Baker's with the first team too, in, in the sense that first quarter, first game, number five, Javon Baker is going to be on the field for some snaps. Um, I agree. And then just continuing down the list, uh, Miller Forrestal over Carl Tucker may be a bit of a surprise. And the fact that it goes Miller Forrestal, Carl Tucker, Major Tennyson, then Jaleel Billingsley, I think is a bigger surprise. Although Jaleel um, is probably more likely to play in a third and long type situation, I would assume. Um, he's probably the best pass catcher of all those tight ends. And I, I, based on this depth chart, I would assume he's the worst blocker. <laughs> yeah, um, the way I, I'm looking at this, again, might be looking at it a little differently than most. I think because of the skill sets of these guys and because Miller Forstall and Carl Tucker are both good, I think both are first-team guys. I, I think Tucker and Forstall, Tucker is the first-team Y and Forstall is the first-team H. Now, one of them may not be on the field based on how we line up. I mean, when we're in you know, one personnel package, Tucker may be in and four stalls out. When we're in another personnel package, maybe four stalls in and Tucker's out. And then when we're in some personnel packages, often referred to as 12, when we're in 12 personnel, which means two tight ends are on the field, it's going to be Tucker and four stall. And then beyond them, Tennyson is the backup Y and Billingsley is the backup H. And, uh, and, and I think the, 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 the snaps will be spread out accordingly. I don't think Tennyson and Billingsley will play a ton because Tucker and, and Forrestal will play so much. But I love the duo. I think it's a strength now at Alabama because I think Carl Tucker is an above-average Y, and I think Forrestal is an above-average H. And uh, they're both very experienced, uh, and Forrestal is going to get that H spot blocked better than he blocked at the Y spot a year ago. Then going around the offensive line, Leatherwood, Deontay Brown, Chris Owens, um, Landon Dickerson and Evan Neal. That's a pretty strong lineup. And looking at the second team uh, offensive line, it's also pretty strong. At least it's very decorated from the high school perspective. Tommy Brown, uh, Echior, uh, Darren Dalcourt, who also is listed as a co-starter with Owens right now, and then Pierce Quick and Kendall Randolph. Maybe, maybe the least known of that bunch in all recruiting circles would be Kendall Randolph, I would assume, who I think a lot of people are pretty high on. But that's that's a very solid offensive line. It is. Here's one change where I differ from what I think we're going to see in game one. <coughs> Excuse me, as far as that depth chart goes, this is what I, I think we started out because Saban loves his veterans and, and he wants his veterans, especially his good kids, to get every shot, we kind of started out with the idea Owens would be at center and Dickerson and Deontay would be at guard. But I think what we're finding out, and I don't know this, but this is just total Jimmy guess here, is I think we're finding out that today our best combination in terms of what works the best is Dickerson at center and Emil Echior at guard. 
and, and with Owens basically as the number two kind of guard and, and Dalcourt maybe as a number two center. Uh, I, I just think in terms of the starting group, that, that's what I think we're going to see in the first game. And maybe by the end of the year, Dalcourt is the starting center and, and we slide Dickerson over today on what that group's going to look like first snap. And we tend to put five linemen out there, and that's how they play unless there's a problem. Um, I bet against Missouri, Dickerson is at center, and, and the two guards are, are Deontay Brown and Emil Ekior. All right, Jimmy, let's take another break here. And when we come back, we're going to go over the defensive depth chart and bring up just a few other odd and end things. Defensively, Jimmy, um, just reading out the defensive line first, Christian Barmore, uh, DJ Dale, LeBron Ray, that's pretty disgusting if all of them are healthy. Uh, and it's pretty scary for the rest of the SEC, if you ask me. But the second group could arguably be about as strong. Byron Young, Fedarian Mathis, uh, who is much better than Phil Mathis, and Justin Boisjebe. Uh, and the third team isn't bad either in Sopshire, Stephon Wynn Jr., and Braylon Ingraham. That's that's a nice nine-some uh, defensive line group. I love – I mean, there's, there's two things here. This is going to be one of our better defensive lines. I know that sounds crazy. I also think Freddie Roach – Believe it or not, as crazy as Freddie Roach is replacing Brian Baker, who's a defensive line coach in the NFL with a long NFL resume, I think Freddie Roach may be an upgrade in terms of he knows how to coach these college kids, and they really like him. So we've upgraded in coaching. But for to be really good on the defensive line, you need one of two things. Number one, you need to put stars on the field. And Alabama's had stars in the past, Jaron Reed, Jonathan Allen, uh, Duran Payne, uh, Marcel Darius, Quinnen Williams. I mean, we put some star defensive linemen on the field. I'm not saying any of our guys are quite that good, but I'm saying LeBron Ray could be a star player this year. People are sky high on him based on what they've seen in fall camp. Christian Barmore could be a star player. We've already seen in just limited snaps the kind of impact he can have rushing the passer from the inside. And D.J. Dale, that we have to remember, he was one of the stories of fall camp a year ago. And then the second snap of the season, he destroys two Duke players in a double team, gets a running back down the backfield. One of the best plays in the Duke game uh, was him on the second snap. And then after that, he hurts a knee. And then four games later, hurts the other knee. He plays all year on two bad knees until he couldn't play anymore at the end. And I, I think now he's a sophomore. Now he's got healthy knees. And I think we might have three star players, but even if we don't, you can still be good on the defensive line instead of having star players if you have great depth. And Alabama's got six, maybe seven, maybe even eight or nine, but definitely seven guys that you can put in and out and in and out as fresh bodies for 60 minutes. And the two together, the possibility that some of these starters will be stars and the knowledge that you have six or seven guys and, and well coached by Freddie. What a great situation up front for Alabama. I, I think in and of themselves, the defensive line will make Alabama a better defense in 2020 than we were in 2019. Linebacker wise, uh, Chris Allen, Dylan Moses, Christian Harris, and Ben Davis. And that's about as strong as a linebacker crew as we've had uh, under Saban, if you ask me. If all those guys are healthy, that's very good. Now, the one surprise being Ben Davis, of course, um, 
but I think that uh, the thing about Davis, he's backed up by two true freshmen and Drew Sand. Well, one true freshman and, and King Matuka. As I, I guess that's how Mawikuda. I say M. I say M. Wakuda, but I'm wrong about that all the time. Okay, well, whatever. But um, <laughs> I think those two guys have a lot of talent. And here's the other thing that's great about this linebacker core: Moses and Harris are backed up by two guys who have started in the past in Shane Lee and Josh McMillan. And they were certainly both going to be start. Well, Josh McMillan was going to be a starter last year until he got hurt. Um, And Josh McMillan is on his sixth year, I guess. Uh, And then technically, I guess he could be be year seven next year, right? I mean, that could happen. He literally Um, could. And I'm already like, would you do it? Would you come back for a seventh year if you're Josh McMillan? You probably don't have a great pro resume. I mean, let's assume he has a nice year, not a breakout year. Let's assume he has a nice year. And let's also assume that football probably isn't going to be something uh, that he earns a a paycheck with uh, in terms of playing. Would you come back? I might. I might. I I would negotiate. It's just me. And it depends (laughs) on what Josh wants to do. Josh is an engineering major and he may just want to get on with his life and, and be an engineer in 2021 and not a football player anymore. That's understandable. He may want to do all he can to pursue an NFL career. When that doesn't work out, be an engineer. If that's the case, he needs to go pro now after the season, even if he's an undrafted free agent, just, just give it your best shot. Don't give it your best shot a whole year from now when, when, when your age becomes a concern for the NFL but there's this. If the kid has an interest in coaching, because he's really smart. I mean, he's really smart. Our players love him and our coaches love him. He's really smart. If he has an interest in being a college football coach, I got no problem with Josh strolling into Nick's office and say, I'll make a deal. I'll come back, be a captain, or be a seventh-year player and be basically your eyeballs and be your coach on the field and be a seventh-year player. I'll come back but you have to guarantee me a GA spot that, that the year after I'm employed uh, here, here at Alabama and I can begin my coaching career with that on my resume. And I, 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 that's what Josh ought to do in my opinion. If, if he has an interest in coaching, if he just wants to be an engineer, fine. But if he's got an interest in coaching, you can do that. You can walk into Nick's office and say, this is what I want. I'll come back. I'll do what you want me to do, but I, I want a GA spot. And, GA spots at Alabama are extremely valuable right now. Everybody, every young coach in the world wants one. Well, my question would be, you said that's what I would do, and I get it. I, I think that's a good move. Is it legal for Saban to say, okay, yeah. I don't know that that would be legal. That would seem like I an think extra it is. benefit to me. As long as he's not getting the extra benefit now. Uh, it's not an extra benefit now. Uh, it also, uh, if, if that is wrong, and I don't think it's wrong, but even if it is wrong, it's easy you to don't do want that to be on a right. wink and a nod. <laughs> it's easy to do that on a wink and a nod. Well, that's not something I can promise you under the rules, Josh, but uh, I can tell you this. You'll be strongly considered <laughs> while nodding your head and winking. You can do that. Um, but, uh, I, and again, I don't know. My, my feeling is he wants to be an engineer and he doesn't want to waste that incredible academic record he's put together. Josh, I've, uh, I've heard him say he's the first person in his family or extended family to graduate from college. And he did so with a really good GPA in engineering. So he, you know, it just depends on what's up to him, but it would be fascinating for him to come back for a seventh year. It's just unprecedented, but 
so much of COVID has made all this unprecedented. So we'll see. I'll say this about the, the linebacker core too. Ben is a great story so far. And, and I do think that we're going to see Ben Davis play with the first team in the first quarter of the first game. And that's great. But in typical Ben Davis luck, he's good enough to be a starting linebacker in the SEC. Along comes Will Anderson. And, I, you know, I, here's, here's how I think we're going to see it. I think in regular downs, when we're in regular, at least to start the year, Ben and Chris Allen will be on the field. And then when we're in nickel, sometimes it's going to be Chris. Sometimes it's going to be Will. And when we're in dime, it's going to be Will and Drew. That, that, that's what I think, and it's just, I'm, again, I'm guessing. But that would only leave Ben as a starter when we're in regular. And uh, depending on who the opponent is, when you play opponents that have a power ground game, we're in regular quite a bit. But most of the time we play spread teams. When we play spread teams, we're not in regular very much at all. So if, if, if my projection is right, Ben will be a starter and with the first team, but, but we wouldn't see a ton of him. And, and I, I think that's what's going to happen. That's just... That's just, again, Jimmy's wild-ass guess, 19 days before the first game. All right, we got limited time left, so I really want to save the defensive backs and because that's probably the most interesting of all of them, I mean, considering the, yeah. the freshmen making moves, et cetera. Um, and then I'll also save any uh, performances from this past weekend for Alabama commits or targets. Uh, I, I don't even know how Deontay Lawson did just yet. His, I think his team won 28 nothing, so, I, you know, that's pretty good. But, um, it, for instance, you know, after having such an incredible performance the week before, it, I know a lot of people want to find out about that. Um, so I think we'll, we'll pretty much leave it here. But I do want to ask you this. Did you see Kirk Herbstreet on College Game Day 1? And if you did see College Game Day, what did you think of the whole Zoom meeting setup they had and what did you think of, of herb streets uh social injustice uh man uh, it, 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 i want to say tearjerker of a speech but it was really more of a tearjerker for him i mean he was you know i it was um i've seen mixed reaction to it and i don't even know how to feel about it but it, it seemed like uh some people thought it was rather disingenuous and other people thought he spoke right from his heart I, I, I believe he spoke from his heart and those that know him believe he did. And, and what, what, what affected me is two people that know him extremely well that he also brought to tears with his own tears were Maria Taylor and Desmond Howard, who were close personal friends of Kirk and know him well. And they were both crying on the screen as Kirk was. So I, I, I'm a hundred percent certain it was, Kirk being moved and, you know, Kirk's in a position unlike, unlike a lot of fans who didn't play a lot of football, um, you know, and in Kirk's profession, Kirk, Kirk has obviously has many black friends, real legitimate friends that are close to him. And, and I'm sure that's affected him quite a bit. I mean, not I just playing at that. Ohio state. I love how you said that because it has become so, um, taboo to say a lot of my closest friends are black. I mean, that is a uh, dog circle for I have no black friends. And so you're <laughs> That's right. Kirk, I, said, Kirk, I use the word legitimate. Who are happen to be black that are also close. Um, I'm not sure how to say this. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I don't want to be I don't want to be disingenuous myself. I mean, I, know, I, it's true. I have I have many friends, I have many people that I consider uh, good friends of mine that are black and, I, and lifetime friends. I, I've met many, but I'm also being totally honest when I say, well, they haven't been here to my house. Now, very few of my white friends have too. <laughs> we don't invite a whole lot of people over. There's not a lot of people that come over here. So that that sounded worse than it is because I don't have just a lot of people that come over, period. But uh, But Kirk being his lifetime has been in football. His lifetime has been a, a journalist covering football. He works with many, many black people. I, I, I think it was 100% genuine. That's why he couldn't get out a lot of his speech because it affected him. I, I doubt he intended uh, to get that upset. Maybe he's a guy that just does that. Uh, I don't know, but I know this Desmond and Maria Taylor, they cried, and they know him personally. All the people, everyone out there that thinks it's disingenuous does not know Kirk. Uh, Maria and Desmond do, and uh, they cried. So I, I, I'm going to go with the people that know him and uh, that know him well. And, you know, it's obvious what they felt about it. So that's what I'm going with. Fair enough. All right, Jimmy, we will stop it there, and we will pick up for the next podcast uh, for tomorrow. And uh, we will go from there. We'll talk about the defensive backs a little bit more. We'll also get into some uh, recruiting stuff and how our recruits and commits fared this past weekend. Jimmy, roll tide. Roll tide.